Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. All right, everyone. Welcome to the final episode, full-length episode of season three. Um, Philip here with you all today to round things out. And honestly, like this season has been such a blast to get to do. It's flown by and we've gotten to hear from some really, really cool, really amazing people in the theater industry, in the film industry, um, and hear about what God's doing in their life and um, really teaching us through experiences that he's given them. But today, specifically, I am so excited for our guest um, because he is a friend of mine, a mentor of mine. He was my boss, and he's actually in the room with me right now, which is very rare for the podcast. So um, everyone, welcome Jeremy Barber to the podcast. How you doing, Jeremy? Hey, everybody. Doing great, Philip. Thank you. Amazing. We just made a quick little Starbucks run, and yep. Jeremy so has... You might hear me sipping on this. Yeah. <laughs> tell, him, tell him what it is. This is his hot take on what's yep. the best drink at Starbucks right now. Definitely a great uh, summer drink. Uh, iced vanilla latte with oat milk. Iced vanilla latte. The, the, it's the oat milk for me. It's the oat milk. Yeah. I, I honestly don't get lattes too much at Starbucks, but a friend of mine, Connor, says that the best way to test a coffee shop is to try a latte mm-hmm. from them to see if they're actually good or not. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> yeah. I would agree with that. Amazing. So, Jeremy, tell tell the people a little bit about who you are. Uh what you do? Should I share my age? If you want to share your age, go for it. Well, I don't know. I, feel I, I don't even think I know your age. <laughs> you don't? No. <laughs> well, I'll share it if you don't know it. Um, I just turned 37 in July. Wow. So uh, I grew up in upstate South Carolina uh, in Oconee County and uh, graduated from a public high school with 30 people. In my graduating class, all thirty. Um, I think we were the, I think we were the second smallest public school in the state. Um, so a super small little rural town. I don't think we have a stoplight still. Only stop signs. Get with it, uh, South Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> get get them a stoplight. S C D O T. What, what are we doing? Sorry. Thankful we have roads to drive on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, small town. Ended up going to, kind of kind of grew up in church a little bit. I, I tell people I'm a Seventh-day Baptisterian. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of my, a lot of my family was uh, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, like history there. And then, so I grew up going to like, not Sunday school, but Sabbath school a little bit as mm-hmm. it's like really young. Um, and then Baptist church and then that changed to non-denominational and, um, and then, so grew up doing the youth group thing and, uh, grew up, uh, playing, playing music and bluegrass and banjo was the first thing I played. Um, and ended up, uh, through through middle and high school playing trumpet got a trumpet scholarship to go to Presbyterian college which this is how this is how small town and sheltered I was 
I didn't know Presbyterian was a denomination until I got to the college. Uh, <laughs> I'm sad to say that's that. That's good. But I I was like, what a strange name mm-hmm. for this private college. Yeah. But uh, met my now wife uh, there, and we've been married for 13 years in May uh, this past year. We have two kids now. Uh, two girls, Grady Lila and Laurel Blue. Grady Lila will be seven in October, and Laurel Blue will turn uh, one on the 22nd this month. So, what's today? The 11th? I don't don't know when this episode is going to be airing, but, um, yeah, so two little girls. We live in Anderson, South Carolina now. I've been on staff at, at New Spring Church for... 10 years now, full-time. Wow. Um, but been a part of New Spring since 2005 mm-hmm. uh, as an attendee and then serving with music and playing in the band and leading worship. And and so, um, yeah, it's grew up, grew up around uh, just, I, I just always had like a draw to, to the arts, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was music and then, uh, which this, this might get a little funny in a second, but, uh, started taking dance in middle and high school. Yes. Got made fun of a whole lot, but, uh, that's for another time to to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you've probably seen a photo of me. You, yes. Uh, (laughs) I, I'm. Very, very excited to, to let you know. You might not know Jeremy personally, but he might be one of the biggest celebrities that we have ever had on the podcast. And and we'll share the photo on our on our social media. So, oh gosh, um, we won't put it like on the front page, but we'll hide it in there so you can so you can go find it and you can see this picture of Jeremy. But tell us a little yeah. bit about uh, about this famous picture of you. Well, I think I was probably oh gosh. I think I was in tenth grade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the the so we had our dance photos made with mm-hmm. the the dance. It wasn't it wasn't a company. It was just a. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, like say, the, the say, marbled backdrop. Salem, like South Carolina. So we had the Olin Mills backdrop. Yes. And which I don't understand what it was. So, <laughs> anyway, the routine and the uh, the the wardrobe and the outfit that I had on was for our men in black routine <laughs> so <laughs> um have my block shoes on <clears throat> all black outfit uh i mean you'll see you'll see the photo if you haven't seen it in the past 10 years probably <laughs> it became a, a meme um i think uh gosh what what is her twitter page or instagram fat amy uh-huh yeah. Uh, I, I what's think, her name? I think Ro- that Rebel was, Wilson. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yep. I think she might have been one of the biggest accounts that posted the wow. meme. <laughs> what What does the meme say? It says, "Uh, when I think I think the most popular one was when you turn turn the lights off and try to find your bed." Yes. <laughs> I mean, you got jazz hands. Nice jazz little, hands. Like, yep. I don't even know what to call that <laughs> that leg position that they've got either. you in. It's not like. Second position, or it's it's pretty wild, um, but it's it, a good I think one. it was one of the the like final 
positions that that we held yeah, at, the, at the, end of the end of the routine. I love it. Like a good like squash the aliens. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you also look like squash the aliens. The aliens. So. <laughs> Amazing. It's good. Yep. I have my Oakleys on too. Mm-hmm. But the backdrop was like a forest. That's right. Yeah. It's like a pinkish blue, cloudy, sheesh forest. I'm now we've got like. I think one of the big downsides of our modern like technology and world and everyone having cameras is that we don't have these like pose Olin Mills family moments yeah. anymore. And it's it's those pictures are just so good. They're so bad always. Like I don't know a single family that they maybe actually turned out the way that they intended for them right. to turn out, right. but now they're amazing. Now yeah. they're like everything. And people honestly are like on social media. I'm sure you've seen some of like your friends or things shared of couples today taking like these 90s style mm-hmm. Olin Mills pictures. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. It's kind of like a joke. Yeah. It's it's so cool. Yeah. Pictures now only last as long as you can scroll past them. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's and that's the, it. That's their shelf life. And you spend so much money on it uh-huh. a lot of times now. I think too like. A plus side of what we have now is we have a lot, a lot more of like video content, mm-hmm. you know, that we can show and share. Like, yeah. I've always had like this idea of, especially like family members once they get older, like making a family. People do wedding videos. People do all these like kind of videos now, but sort of like memory videos of people in your family, mm-hmm. just to where instead of like me talking about great grandma so and so. And you having no concept of like who that person is and not even caring about like your family from the past. Now I'll have like videos of my like grandmother and great grandmother and grandfather that I can be like, hey, this is who they were. And like they were real and they like yeah. spoke and stuff. But this is yeah. totally, totally off track. <laughs> no, I love it. But it, it makes me think of, I, I haven't started this project, but I've thought about it since uh, maybe since we knew since we knew Randy was pregnant with Grady Lila, mm-hmm. that I wanted to record myself reading the, the entire Bible wow. so that my kids and grandkids and great grandkids yep. will, will have it. I yep. have access to, um, like, I, I don't know, it just feels like yep. a really cool legacy thing to, to be able to leave. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't, I don't know how long it would take. <laughs> it would take a minute. Maybe... <laughs> What's the what's the average the next re- sabbatical that is, you get? Is it like eighty hours, maybe? Probably at like an out loud reading yeah, pace. Probably, but the next sabbatical you could get, you could just you know <laughs> lock yourself somewhere in Montana and record yourself with yep. a laptop reading yep. the whole Bible like we're doing what, right now. Three three years from now. Maybe? Yeah, there's actually this kind of fits into into the narrative. There's something happening right now. Um, where a company is recording the entire Bible, but they've cast like over three thousand people to read it, oh, and so they've each cast person, each like, character. yeah, each person, even if it's like one word that wow. some like king speaks in, you know, Second Kings or whatever, will be a different voiced person by it. So it's an entire. It's not a like dramatized scripted Bible. It is the Bible wild. turned as much into a script. I'm excited. I don't know like what the progress on that project is but it came across my social media one day and it, that seems like a really really cool way to just display the word of god is morgan totally freeman gonna way. be god i don't know 
Probably, probably. <laughs> With his track record, it seems appropriate. Yeah. It seems appropriate. But, um, you know, one of the big things that I feel like that I have learned from you in my time that I've known you is you, like, taught me so much about rest. And I know that we've talked about rest on the podcast before, or I have, and everything that I've said, I'm confessing right now, has come from this man <laughs> that's sitting here. So, um yeah, like, why is rest important? How did you come to find that rest is something that, you know, God has created for us? Is it something that you've always, you know, been interested in or always, like, been a part of you? Or is it something you had to, like, come to realize that this is something God has created me for rest? Yeah, I, th- I think it, I mean, it's definitely something that that God has shown me over, over time and, um it's, it's something that, that you, uh, I'll, I'll say this, rest is, rest is actually the thing we were made for. Mm. It's not just something that, that we do because we, to break up our work cycle. Yeah. It's actually the thing God created us for. Um, I, and this isn't, this isn't from me. I, I think I, I maybe heard Jeff Besky say this. Mm. Um, that Adam's like when God created man, it was God's seventh day mm-hmm. that that He rested, but yeah. it was Adam's first. So literally, God makes Adam and then says, "Rest. Mm. Let it be the first thing you do." Wow. And so that is actually the cycle of it. It's not work six days for your rest. Mm. It's work six days from your rest. Mm-hmm. And when when I started to like learn some more and, and I I'll say this I know very very little in regards to like even like early creation Hebrew Jewish culture and rhythms and, and all that um, but it it's the it's those Eastern Jewish rhythms that um, So when if you read Genesis one through three, I I feel like I could read Genesis one through three for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and that'd be the only thing yeah. I read. And <laughs> there's it's just so rich. Um, <clears throat> but in in creation, you see that there was evening and there was morning, first day, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. Mm-hmm. So God establishes this rhythm that there's evening and then morning. And so even before he creates Adam, like, when, when do we sleep? Yeah. We sleep at night. At night. <laughs> and so there's this, this rhythm that, that evening and rest and all that is, is the first part of the day. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I started to realize is that, and, and this, I, I think it came from Bethke and a couple other sources too, just reading and, and studying, and um, is that... Our culture goes, okay, first thing you do is you get up and you probably pick up your phone, check the news, and you fill yourself with anxiety mm-hmm. <laughs> and all, all, of, all of the worry and yeah. all this, and you go through your day and you go to work, and then you come home and you try to eat, and if you've got a, a family or, I mean, it, you've got friends, you've got relations, you've got all these social things, and then you... 
try to go to sleep to catch up, mm-hmm. and then you repeat it and you do it again. Yeah. And so, I didn't really start like changing my whole day around, but I started to. I felt like the Holy Spirit began to change my mind and go, "Hey, what if it was evening and then there was morning?" Yeah, the first day, and evening and morning the second day. And just changed changed my mind about starting my day in the evening. Mm. So if you look at my routine, my weekly rhythm, daily rhythm is the, really the first thing I do in my day is I go home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the, in the evening from from work, and I get to spend time with my family, and I get yeah. to cook, and we get to have dinner, and it's crazy right now. I'm not saying that's like this. this yeah, zen, he's, per- he's perfect at this, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> not perfect. <laughs> Life is crazy right now. It's insane. I, I was telling Philip earlier today. I was like, "Hey, yeah, we can talk about rest because I mm-hmm. really need some." <laughs> um, Amen. But, and and we can talk about. Maybe we'll talk about this later. Uh, just the idea of seasons, because mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a, a big part of of. Just a, a mindset of living from rest mm-hmm. as well. But so the first thing is come home and spend time with family and then wind down and go to go to sleep. Yeah. And so that, that's the first thing. And then the last thing I do is wake up and go to work. Yeah. And so that doesn't change what you're doing with with your hours, but it changes how you're thinking about mm-hmm. them. Which definitely changes how you use them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I, I would say I, I didn't really like get to that place until I don't know five six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think a lot of it came from uh, a, a really close friend who is has actually went to to be with the Lord gifted my my wife and I with as much counseling as we would say yes to mm-hmm. and um, and so I, I think going through counseling and, and just like submitting myself to to a counselor and I remember sitting down the first the first session and my counselor said why are you here I said I have no idea so the only thing I know right now is that I want to be spiritually, physically, and emotionally healthy. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know anything about emotional health. And nine months with, with this man who was a believer and completely, like, it just, it unlocked so much for me, honestly. It, it unlocked, um, it unlocked f- God's faithfulness that I had experienced mm. yeah and and been through but I don't know that my emotional health allowed me to encounter it mm. if that makes sense yeah and so which I I did this thing the, the other night on Instagram of ask, ask a question or whatever yeah. and honestly it's just fun to see if uh-huh. anybody would ask a question yeah. but a friend of mine asked this question: "What what's the greatest misconception in the church today that that you think is the greatest misconception?" I was like, "Oh man, 
what a what a heavy question but my my response to that and and honestly like i've been thinking about it some more is that this idea that spiritual health and emotional health are separate Mm. and the or even spiritual physical and emotional like that there's these two worlds that you have to be a part of and that they that they're not actually married and Mm -hmm. like um that they don't engage each other and um and that being so in in galatians 5 1 the apostle paul writes he says it is for freedom that christ has set you free therefore don't submit again to a yoke of slavery Mm. And that always confused me because I was like, why is, like, there's redundancy there that just didn't make sense to me. Like, okay, set free, but for freedom? Like, you're set free for freedom? Mm-hmm. Like, aren't those the same thing? Yeah. And really, they're not the same thing. Mm. <laughs> because the work of the cross and the resurrection yeah. set us free. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the world that are not walking in freedom. Wow. And so you have to, you have to like, you have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit um, search and, and change your mind on things, which is, which is part of the, the heart of repentance is a change of mind. It's, it's a turning from something and turning towards something. Um, and so... Just this this idea of I, I was set free mm. for a long time since I, I think I, my my dad led me to the Lord when I was fourteen, uh, but I think there was uh, a level of walking in freedom that I just hadn't experienced, um, which uh, which the the thing about the the love of Christ and the, in repentance and, and walking with him and walking mm-hmm. in freedom. Once you get to a certain level of freedom, there's more love and there's more freedom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this like beautiful cycle mm-hmm. of uh, just, just deeper and deeper uh, things that God uh, re- reveals to us. Um, so that's really, really, really interesting and such a cool concept that, I know I will, <laughs> and some of our listeners um, are going to have to process <laughs> for a minute. But I, I didn't really intend for us to kind of go this direction. But when it comes to just counseling, like yeah. Christian counseling, like that's I have never done that. I feel like I'm a pretty like emotionally healthy and stuff. But the more and more, um, you know, that I grow closer to Christ, I realized like, okay, I have like these, these little like tendencies. Like one thing I've noticed about myself personally recently is like, okay, I have these like moments where I'll like throw a little lie into the end of a sentence or like inflate the numbers of something or Mm -hmm. how far I drove or how far I ran on a ramp on on a ran on a run. Yeah. When I'm like talking to people and I'm like, why do I do that? Like, where does this come? Why do I feel like I need to like improve the truth and I'm not I'm like maybe I need to go to counseling to talk about that but um you know like as as a believer as a Christian I think sometimes we've we've heard two different narratives of like counseling is bad you don't need to go to counseling you don't need 
mental health, like that's not yeah. a real thing. Or the world today is telling us, you know, mental health is everything and, and love yourself and be an individual and, yep. you know, never let anyone tell you anything and it's your truth and it's your mm-hmm. life and yep. it doesn't matter what anyone thinks. Like, um, as a believer, what do you feel about counseling and yeah. why do you think it might be important for someone well, like me or someone to yeah. check out? Well, I think for... I think the, the, the stigma that kind of comes along with it is honestly a, a lie that we probably believe about trauma mm. and that, that trauma is only for, trauma is only something that like, that is like the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. It's like, think about a, a ER or like trauma like some a trauma surgeon or something, mm-hmm. they're they're gonna they're gonna have the people who just got in a car wreck and their legs severed yep. and like they're about to die and so I think we've potentially attached that to the the mental and emotional side as well mm. and go well my dad didn't beat me when I was young, yeah. um, and or I've never been in an abusive relationship or I've never. I've never really lost somebody that close to me and but um, and and I'm not saying that that all trauma is the same level but I think what what counseling kind of opened up to me is that God designed my brain (laughs) and God designed how the um, like God is emotional and it's not this this part of us that um, that just exists within the the broken spaces mm-hmm. of our life. Yeah, that uh, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an emotion. Yeah, um, and and so, but it comes out in in emotions. Yeah, and and, and so. I think just a, a misconception of what counseling or who counseling is even for. Mm-hmm. Um, like we go to doctors for checkups, yeah, to make sure that we are okay when we feel okay, yeah. And you don't just go when, like, oh, I've got this terrible pain, mm-hmm. and so um, I think if if I don't know. I, I just I would encourage anybody to to consider going to counseling and just having somebody who's who's trained and, and skilled and understanding how the the brain works and how the mind works and how how the 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 Holy Spirit is is working within those mm-hmm. things and because Paul says we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. And so there's there's a level of like thinking and, and mindset and. Uh, even the the repentance piece that I was talking about earlier, where there is mental work that the Holy Spirit is is teaching us, mm-hmm. like the fact that we have the mind of Christ means that we are a new creation. Yeah, and you're actually not just unlearning the old man mm-hmm. and the old thought processes, and in order to learn new ones. Yeah, it's actually through through revelation from the Holy Spirit 
he is teaching us how to use the new mind we have and how to have the, the thoughts of Christ and, and how, to, how to process like he does and how to be filled with peace like, like he is. Yeah. And so, and, and sometimes it, it takes, it, it takes a level of um, someone who is trained enough to, to go, hey, here's, here's how you might, might be thinking mm-hmm. about this thing. Yeah. And you can go, oh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I, maybe I can think differently, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, does does that oh yeah is that helpful? That's is, that's is, super helpful, and I think like one thing that brings to mind is for for a lot of our you know like actors and singers and musicians, we're like taking acting classes, like maybe one on one acting classes or voice lessons. Mm-hmm. In a way, I've used those spaces, I feel like, a lot of times, a form of counseling. Like, sure. When you think of voice lessons, it's like literally going into a room and screaming, but also sometimes like burying your soul through song sure. about stuff. And that could be a form of counseling, but also, like, I think because of the world that and what we're currently in the midst of right now with the thing that I'm not even going to say the name of, <laughs> because we've said it so many times. So many times. But there's so much available online now. I mean, I've taken online voice lessons. I've taken online acting lessons, online mm-hmm. auditions that like yeah. counseling, especially for artists might be something that's hasn't been available because you can write your own excuses of being like, Oh, I like, and moving to this new town, I'm going to be here for three months. Like I can't find a counselor, you know, for sure. three months in this town, but now you can find a counselor online and like mm-hmm. have those sessions yeah. and make sure that you're taking care of your, self mentally because to even to link back to what we were first talking about with with rest there's not much rest Mm -hmm. um in this life if you do you get that one day Mm -hmm. off a week and um you got to take advantage of that but as artists we know mental health is important and also you at playing different characters or experiencing so many other people's emotions and trying to put yourself in those situations Mm -hmm. so I and think it, uh, it could be really good for me. Yeah. Uh, another thing I'll, I'll say about counseling is that, um, and I, I want to say this with, with humility, but also confidence just in, in my experience. Yeah. I went until my counselor told me I was done. Mm. And and one of the things that I, I just want to encourage anybody that's, that's thinking about counseling or, or hasn't thought about it, and now you're going, oh, maybe I should go. Yeah. We don't we don't leave a, a doctor before we get a diagnosis, and I think sometimes with counseling we we keep ourselves like we keep ourselves in this safe place of yeah. Well, okay, we can talk about that, mm. and then we uh, we exit <laughs> too soon because we felt good about what we shared mm. and what we talked through. Yeah, but you didn't get to the root of it. Yeah. And, um, there's still things that, that I'm, there's, and counseling is, is like a, for me, a, a, emotional health has been truly like, like the onion analogy. There's just layers and layers yeah. and layers. And one thing reveals another mm-hmm. layer that you got to work through and, um, deal with and face head on. And, um, but I would just encourage you now I'm not saying like, if you just have no chemistry with, a counselor 
to just <laughs> like begrudgingly <laughs> don't just pick somebody yeah. and, and go to them yes. for <laughs> um but i would say if you find somebody and there starts to like you start to feel the rub and resistance mm -hmm. of working through something and um allow yourself the gift to uh do do the hard hard mm -hmm. thing um and and come through it until someone who's an expert mm -hmm. potentially go yeah we probably need to spend a little more time on this yeah um and so i've been back a, a couple times in, in the past mm -hmm. in the past years just to go hey i'm seeing this thing come out in, yeah. in these situations like and and now more often than not it's like a reminder of things that i need to just go deeper in mm. so yeah gosh that's really cool i'm glad we got to talk a little bit about that that's not something we've <laughs> we've gotten to cover so far in, yeah it's just it's in just our history a, it's just such a it was such a gift and i, I didn't know what mm -hmm. gift it, it was going to be um and it just I, I see how much the Holy Spirit has worked through that space and yeah. um, and, and, and really counseling became for me the the repentance that that was on offer mm -hmm. the repentance of going oh I don't have to think that way anymore mm -hmm. so yeah. it, it was just so beautiful that's really cool well um, one other thing that I was thinking about that I feel like would be really cool since we talk about um, theater a lot we yep. talk about like sometimes calling out like hey here's what the church is not doing um, I would just like to talk for a little bit about like what I have seen as you know like uh, your intern working here at yeah. at New Spring Clemson during my time and now like getting to work as a producer this is, I guess this is kind of new news to everyone but I um, am now a producer at New Spring Church working in Anderson South Carolina with the creative team and um it's awesome. It's amazing. And it's a totally different like ball game, but also a ball game I feel like I've been playing for a really long time and wanted to be playing. Yeah. Um, so super excited about that. There's some news for you there. But um, what do you feel like is, is the state of the church when it comes to um, worship? Like you are, God has definitely gifted you with the ability to usher people into his presence through worship and, mm. and conversation and it's so cool to get to watch that from the outside and to have learned from you about, um, you know, in a way, the the art that God has given us of allowing people to experience yeah. um, his presence. But what are you seeing, like, where has the church been in your time in ministry? Where is the church, like, currently? And where do you think the church is going when it comes to worship culture and how much possibly, time do we have? I don't know. We can go. We can keep going. We can keep going oh, as long as we want. But I know that's a that's a pretty loaded topic that yeah. you know we've gotten to chat about a good amount. But yeah, just from your perspective. Um, okay. So what what's coming to mind right now is that um, God created us for worship, so we're really good at it because we were made for it right yeah <laughs> so um, it's just the the uh, 
the thing that gets our worship is sometimes the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> More often than not. Wow. And so um, I think um, I think potentially what some of what has happened over the past no, maybe twenty years or so of, of the church is we we've gotten really good at a craft, yeah, and, and so we could impress people, and, and and I don't know that it was I don't know that like I, I'm just speaking generally, <laughs> and so, but sometimes like it it feels good to impress somebody. Yeah. And I mean, that's in any kind of like art, yeah, art form or art realm. It's like, I made this and this person thought it was great. And so, um, also that this, uh, years ago on, on my sabbatical, Felt like the the Lord showed me this this idea of uh, recognition and reward, mm-hmm. and that basically sometimes, so in in Matthew when Jesus talks about like, hey, don't be like the, the Pharisees and mm-hmm. uh, who pray on the street corners and like do all this showy stuff mm-hmm. and but go in the so go in the closet, shut the door, like shut the door behind you and yeah. the father who sees in secret will reward in secret. Mm. And so as I was reading this and kind of working this out with the Lord, I was like, okay, so these people who are doing this thing on the street corner and like at the marketplace and just getting everybody to look at them really, like just trying to draw attention. I thought, and I remember like in, in this moment with the Lord praying and going, okay, recognition is bad and mm-hmm. reward is good. Yeah. He's like, no, that's not it. Nope. I was like, okay, I still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you help me get it? And the, the thing is that recognition is not bad. We were made for it because mm-hmm. we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my daughter, like both my daughters, like, they love to be recognized, mm-hmm. and that's not a brokenness in them. Yeah, um, it's actually something that my wife and I can give them as a gift. That actually, um, it actually builds their identity mm. in a healthy way. Yeah, and so the the thing that I felt like the the Lord was getting me to is that. Recognition and reward actually need to come from the same place, because mm-hmm. when those things are separate, is wherever you get recognition from is where the rewards coming from. And so, if you get recognition from the Father in secret, yeah, the rewards coming from Him too. Yeah. And which also, I just want to say, like, God is not just the God is not just something that we're worshiping to get something from because actually I, I would say that a definition of idol worship would be anything that 
uh, is on the other side of your worship of God. Mm. Wow. So, if if you <laughs> if you close the door <laughs> behind you and and meet the Lord in secret, and you're like, God, I really need this thing. It's not really worship of Him. That's you've actually set up an idol that you think Jesus is going to be the way that you get to that. Um, Jesus is is the way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not just a way to get something else. Yeah, and and I think that's some some aspect too of kind of where we've existed as like the big C church of. Um, we haven't allowed. If you haven't allowed God to establish your identity, then you're going to you're going to function from who you think you are. Mm-hmm. You're going to do everything that you are, or you're going to do everything you do from what you believe about yourself and yeah. what you believe about God. And so, if you have this mindset of I just need these things, and God's the way I'm going to get that. Um, it's it's just it it's it's just not what he intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I I think where I think where we're going and where I'm praying and, and believing God God has taken us uh, is the space of worship that is ministering to God. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to to minister to God? Like what a crazy like concept and question like mm-hmm. how do you minister to somebody that doesn't need anything yeah <laughs> um and we will find everything we need within our um within our praise and our mm-hmm. adoration and our thanksgiving and um our declaring back to god like who he is because the the, the more it, the more it comes out of us the more it aligns us. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's the, it's the heart of prayer. It's the, the heart of, of true worship that God aligning us in spirit and truth. And, um, I don't know. I feel like we could talk for hours about, about worship and yeah, that is, (laughs) that's such a cool, like, what happens when you stop singing about God and you start singing to God? I feel like that's something that I have like learned a lot about. Yeah. Just through through this past year of my life of being involved, working in ministry is like holy cow! I can like sing pretty about God all mm-hmm. the time and be like, yes, I believe these things. How great Thou art! Yeah. And, but when you like, as the language we use here, you know, talk about like we take that vertical and it starts becoming about yeah i'm singing this in this moment for nothing and for no one but you i might be yeah. doing it with 600 yeah. other believers at the same yeah. time but i, I had this wow. thought the other day that sometimes sometimes worship becomes a uh, a courtroom for us mm. and it's like all right I'm gonna sing these songs and I'm gonna put you on trial because yeah. I don't know Are if you I'm really good. I don't know <laughs> if I believe these things yeah. or not, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna test you in this. And yeah. it's like no, I, 
God's goodness is not on trial for me anymore. Yeah. It's, it's just not, his faithfulness is not on trial anymore. Yeah. And wow. um, w- when, when you can let go <laughs> enough to, to go, you know what, I'm, I'm not questioning your goodness anymore. I'm questioning how it's going to work out. Wow, for good, mm-hmm. because that that's that's the promise. Mm-hmm. Like Romans eight twenty eight, like we know in all things that God works good for those who, who love Him and are called yeah. according to His purpose. So His purpose is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like He's never failed. Yeah, um, and, and so like entering in into worship was like rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice like. Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing and like Thanksgiving, yeah, uh, just all, all the time. Like James saying, consider it all joy when you yeah. face trials. Yeah, and and so these circumstances. Uh, if anybody's ever listened to to Graham Cook, uh, look him up. He's awesome. <laughs> but he says if, if if you're in Christ, so are your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that means that my, my circumstances might not be good, yeah. but God is always good, and He's always working it for good. Always. And there's not there's not a weapon that's going to prosper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't mean there aren't going to be weapons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only way for that promise to be true is if there are weapons yes. formed against yes, you. Yes, there will be weapons. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I feel like the image that's just come to mind, thinking, and we've we've talked about this. And I feel like God's just like kind of giving me kind of this view of like a beacon of like, <laughs> I think just saying like 600 people like vertically worshiping God and the concept of like, okay, when you're, we're not trying to like make Christian parking lots, you know, in our church, we're trying to get as many lights to make the parking lot as bright as possible mm-hmm. and like cover space with this like horizontal right to left only focus in our worship. If like, our churches, our homes, um, our cars, dressing rooms, whatever, become this like vertical beacon, mm-hmm. almost like a lighthouse or a searchlight. People are going to come to that light. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to come to stand in your parking lot, you know, covered with light. They might be like, oh, that's a really bright parking lot. I feel safe walking around in here. Mm-hmm. They're going to like be searching for this, this beacon that's yeah. shining up. Test me in this. Send Philip an email about it, or not if it if it's not <laughs> if it's not accurate. But I, I just think I, I don't think the battle between light and darkness is is a fair fight. Yeah. <laughs> light always wins. Yeah. Always. <laughs> and and so I even think that um, I, I think the the church is becoming more aware of darkness, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's winning. Yeah. And we're we're becoming more aware of of spaces that that need light, and we're realizing that we are that that beacon. Yep. And what happens when light shows up in a dark mm-hmm. space? It, yep. <laughs> it, everything gets put in the light. Yep. Um, and so I I think the uh, and somebody listening might feel like I don't know I think there's just more and more darkness showing mm-hmm. up and it feels like it's winning well it's because it's coming to light yeah 
That's why we're seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it's act, the resistance is, mm -hmm. is proof that we're moving in the yeah. right direction. Yeah. Um, so we're not just stumbling through a dark room and mm -hmm. stubbing our toes on coffee tables. Yeah. We're like, we're bringing light into the space and we're going, oh yeah, that needs to move. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Bring the light, people. Be beacons. Bring it. Bring the light. Uh, lastly, like, I know this can be loaded because you're, we're learning stuff all the time, but yeah. uh, what's something that God has been teaching you specifically, whether it be about like your ministry or your mm. personal life, just your relationship with him, um, something you think that people would benefit from that's really spoken life into you recently? Hmm. I also have you know that Jeremy has is looking through this document that he has on his computer of everything. Um, and honestly, I would recommend everyone like doing doing this. This is a really cool thing that I know I need to get better at. But personally, yeah. but just keeping well, it, a list. It kind of it kind of goes through season. It's not really a, a journal. It's just more of a, a thought document. Mm. But I'll just throw the date up, and yeah. if I feel like. I feel like the Lord was maybe speaking something to me. I write it down. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh man. I, the, the thing that, that comes to mind is something that I've been thinking about in regards to the, the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the um, the idea that the father actually was um, not not that he not that he was okay with it in the sense of like yes this is going to be best for you. It actually worked out to be the best. Yep. You know, the goodness of God yep. works all things. But um, the prodigal son didn't know what he had. Mm -hmm. And what he thought he had, what he thought his inheritance was, was the money and monetary. And he asked for it, and the father gave it to him, which is just, like, kind of confusing. Yeah. But sometimes God will... So what happened, he he receives what his inheritance was going to be from the father, and he wastes it all. And it wasn't until he wasted what he thought God had for him, or what he thought his father had for him. I'm sorry, I'm speaking too, I'm speaking allegorically yeah. in, the, in the story. But he... Um, he wasted it all, and it wasn't until he wasted it all that it actually got almost to the point of death um, for him that he was able to go. Man, maybe maybe I could just be. Maybe I could just be a servant in this house. Mm -hmm. And I th I think what I'm realizing. Is that um, the father was actually 
allowing the son to be positioned to receive what was actually his. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we stay in this state of um, not being able to receive what is rightfully ours and what God has intended um, because we're just stuck in the place of give me my inheritance. Yeah. And I think, um, and, and maybe somebody listening right now feels like, I feel like maybe I took my inheritance earlier and now I've wasted it. <laughs> mm. And uh, I don't know if I can turn around. You can, and the Father's also running to you. Yeah. Um, but just this, this idea of, like, Also, sometimes I think um, we uh, we can only offer to people what we actually have, and um, sometimes we we try to give a, we try to give away from a lesser inheritance, <laughs> and when really God's just wanting a relationship with us and he wants everything to flow from that. Yeah. And that was the thing that he brought him back into and threw the party for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is that, yeah. Gosh, is that, does that resonate yeah, at all or totally. that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I also, I, I've been reading Galatians and actually we're about to start a, a new series on, mm-hmm. on Galatians at, at New Spring Church. So, Check that out, uh, newspring.cc. But just this, like Paul talks about mm-hmm. the gospel being something that he wasn't taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody, like nobody, taught him to the place of freedom and accepting the gospel. Yeah, it was received. Yeah, and yet, yes, people spoke it, and but. The reason he believed it and was because he received it from, from the father, and um, I, I don't know. Maybe God is just like taking me back to this place where I can't do anything except receive. Yeah, <laughs> and um, really like repentance and praise and worship and prayer and like disciplines and all this stuff is really just to position ourselves to receive more. Yeah. And that, that's all that's it is. Awesome. So that's so good. Well, thank you for letting us receive your wisdom. And just like personally, it's been so great to, you know, get to receive so much of, I feel like what God has been, I don't, God's kind of synced this up. I feel like on yeah. a lot of stuff in yeah. my past season of life. And it's so cool to just get to continue to walk alongside you and, do this thing and do ministry and it's help fun. people help people meet Jesus and see Jesus and grow deeper in their yeah. relationships with him. Um, so thank you so much, Jeremy. Thank you. This has been amazing. Um, it's really blessed me and everyone. This is it. This is the last full length episode of season three. We will have a prayer next week and then we're going to take a little bit of a break and be back for season number four. You don't want to miss it. Some really, really, really cool things are coming 
that I cannot tell you about yet, but get ready because God's really, really doing it and really blessing us in some amazing ways here at Narrow Way to Broadway. Um, continue being beacons of light in your community. Um, reach out to us if you need support. We love you all. Have an amazing day, week, and you'll hear from us very soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay. 